Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Jack Thompson. With me, as always, the one who knows just about everything there is to know, Mr. Nathaniel Paul Thurston. And I got to ask you, Nate. Yeah. I just got to ask you on this Wednesday. Is this a white pill Wednesday? What are we doing here? This is, in fact, a white pill Wednesday. There are only good things only in this only good things to look forward to we got a couple political wins i guess you could call them we got a heartwarming story a couple things that pertain to technology as, a, well, as opposed to heart cooling stories yeah you don't want those we do heart cooling stories all the time so today's <laughs> a heart your heart is going to get warmer isn't it so, ironic that we talk about good things once a week just one and it's a uh, it's a really tough episode to put together, and sometimes we still have to talk about something that's really dumb and make fun of it, and the fact that we get to make fun of people for being so dumb is the white is pill the white pill spin on it, <laughs> yeah. because I know it doesn't look like it, folks, because the world is burning all around you, and according to our modern monetary theorists, uh, the, the economy's fine. Everything's fine, except for we have a lot of greedy price gougers out there. That's Yeah. Yep. And we don't have the right people in place mm-hmm. to make the right decisions on the investments of the newly created money. And that's why we're seeing these issues, not because of what we all know from Austrian economics. So, look, it doesn't look like it, but everything's fine. And, you know, even if the world is burning around you, there are still some good things going on around the world. I mean, it's still better to be alive today than ever has been, I think. Um, Except for maybe yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's put it in perspective into relative history of human history. You know, we're not fighting off snakes and trees and stuff like that. So I don't know, depending on how you look at it. And I think the way that you perceive the world can can be a big benefit. We talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And the meaning's the big one here. Uh, where despite what's going on in your world, we still believe in the personal responsibility to take care of yourself and your family and to do what you can to pursue a life of meaning so that even if things like this happen, that you still can bear that responsibility and and trudge up the hill with your damn cross. Yeah, well, look at those guys, uh, you know, the people playing violin on the Titanic. Now, those are some guys that uh, had meaning mm-hmm. in their life. Or ladies, we don't know what they were. I, I'm I am pretty sure they were guys, at least in the James Cameron version of the story. They okay. were they were in fact they at least identified. Well, I don't know how they identified they, visually. Yes, they look like, but they male. had meaning in their life, and as they were going down, they found meaning even before they died, <laughs> tragic <laughs> death. And that's what we're telling all of you to do today yeah. on White Pill Wednesday. So speaking of taking care of yourself or taking care of others. Charles, go ahead with this first article right here from Reason as we get a little bit of a win in a state when it comes to this whole gun. Is this from the OG Libertarians, Reason? Um, I don't know if they're... I don't think they're OG Libertarians. Which one is OG? Uh, I'm kidding, actually. It's it's not. I disagree with a lot that they have to say uh, uh, a lot of times. That's why they're not the OG. Yeah. Anyway, uh, from Reason, Ohio teachers can carry guns with 24 hours of training. 24 like in one cycle i don't know i mean just one day one full day shoot a gun while you're tired (laughs) sure (laughs) 
Ohio is making it easier for teachers and school employees to carry weapons. The state says in a new law that teachers only need 24 hours of training, not 700, in order to carry a gun in a school setting. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed this change into law on Monday. 700 hours of training certainly seems excessive. So there are, they had it, and I believe there's some other ones, by the way, you got 700 hours of training. That makes you basically a Navy SEAL before you can <laughs> carry a gun in a classroom. That looks like 700 more than what police officers do. Yeah, not 700, but <laughs> 600. Surely whatever needs to be covered in terms of gun safety should be able to be taught in a much shorter amount of time. It's, quote, probably the most important thing we have done to prevent a school shooter in Ohio, said State Senator Naraj Antani. That's Dayton. how I would have said it. Mm -hmm. uh, on the Senate floor at the hearing on the bill, retired Columbus, Ohio police commander Robert Meter said it would cause harmful accidents and potentially even needless deaths. They always find someone. Oh, yeah. For the counterpoint here. And, of course, it would be it's, someone from from the poli a retired police commander mm -hmm. saying that this is going to ca cause harmful accidents because they're like, what happens if one of these teachers decides to use their gun and, you know, after we sit outside for two hours while they're using up all their ammo, a lot of bad stuff could happen. And then people would look negatively on the police mm -hmm. in that situation. He just can't have that. Well, sorry, this is White Pill Wednesday. Another good White Pill, speaking of ammo, is that it's going down. Is it really? Yeah, it's getting cheaper. Okay. And I found, thanks to my arms dealer, uh, <laughs> who I visited yesterday. <laughs> he's FFL, okay, right? Mm -hmm. Federal firearms so licensed dealer, okay? Uh, th there's a website I hadn't heard about and called, uh, I think it's called Wiki Ammo. It's like a Wikipedia for ammo. And I found some, some good deals on there. Hmm. By okay. the way, so maybe I'll I'll send it to you to put the show in the show notes. You guys go get you a, some stockpile. I know that my uh, my brother's in the group right now, and he can tell us all sorts of different good websites for I finding this stuff. Legal, on completely there, on the up and up. I saw on there they had a Remington casing, one thousand rounds of five five six for three fifty. That's a thousand rounds for three hundred fifty bucks. Pretty good. That sounds pretty good. All right, at the hearing on the bill, uh, I'm sorry, of course. Ohio has allowed teachers to carry guns for years, and it's led to little incident. In 2021, the court said that, quote, uh, state law required them to first undergo the, basic, the same basic peace officer training as law enforcement officials or security officers who carry firearms on campus, entailing more than 700 hours of instruction. That ruling, Mr. DeWine said on Monday, had made it largely impractical impractical for Ohio school districts to allow staff members to carry firearms. And Ohio is far from alone in letting teachers be armed. 28 states allow people other than security personnel to carry firearms on school grounds with laws in nine of those states explicitly mentioning school employees. But the idea is unpopular among, among educators. Um, Quote, nearly three quarters of U.S. school teachers oppose the idea of training certain teachers and staff to carry guns in school buildings, and nearly six in ten teachers think it would make schools less safe, uh, reported uh, Gallup in 2018. That website, by the way, is Wiki Arms. Sorry, Wiki Arms. Yeah. Sorry, that's what I was doing. I don't know what you're talking about. Or I was looking at the, the new website. law, quote, does not require any school to arm teachers or staff. Every school will make its own decision. And so this just allows folks... Uh, to do it 
Now, for those that um, the 28 states do allow people other than security personnel to carry firearms, that's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good a good deal. Um, and the fact that it's unpopular among educators, like three-fourths of school teachers, oppose the idea of training certain teachers, um, then you don't have to do the training. You're not required to carry a firearm. It's just that those that want to, to protect themselves and the lives of their students, potentially, uh, they should be allowed to. I know that there's just there's a lot of people who are very uncomfortable about guns and uh, don't like to be even in the same room or the same house as one. They don't want them one to be in there because they don't understand it. Yeah, they, they think it's going to explode or it's going to randomly go off, something like that. And that's just not the case. And so a big portion of that's probably just people who are uh, uneducated and uh, ignorant, you might even say, mm. uh, on basic gun safety or how often it is. I mean, literally, you just think that the thing's just going to go off. You watch a movie, and if you set a gun down on the table hard enough, it's going to go off somehow, magically. Mm. Or, um, you know, if specific actors are using them, they just go off randomly. Like Alec Baldwin. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and But when it comes to the thing in the schools, I do, I, I hope the schools take this very seriously I do understand that, uh, you know, people who carry uh, are not always r- really uh, stringent on keeping things secure and safe and all that. Uh, people have weapons are not always real big on that. I know I have no gun safety in my house at all. Uh, not not one bit. Uh, but if you should uh, get on that, I do hope that. Well, I don't have any kids when the kids are there. I, you know, I hide it in a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's yeah. safe you know um maybe that's what i'll get you for christmas a new gun a gun safe a gun safe okay yeah. i need more guns though that's the problem can you put some guns in it maybe okay we'll see how the, the like from that assault rifle that you just won we'll see how that was a bb gun okay we'll see how the 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 year shapes up but people should take this seriously if you're going to carry a you gun guys in the school. send suggestions on what nate's christmas gift should be this year from from all from really from all of you and the company at large. I think it's a 16 inch MacBook Pro, hmm. um, 2021 or newer. Hmm. Is really weird what it's going to be. Okay, so uh, anything else to say on this, Charles, for the white pill? No, I I just think we should hopefully see that in more states. And yeah. then, but I also like the fact that states can do this, right? I mean, so if you are anti this, I mean, we've always talked about the greatest thing about having 50 separate countries is we can try out different ideas in different places and like, let's take a look at the data. What does it say? It, from a from a uh, concealed carry standpoint, is it best for the teachers who are carrying, is it best for the teachers that are carrying the guns to make it known that they're one of the teachers that carry a gun or for this to be unknown throughout the school, which one of the teachers are carrying a gun? What do you think it, it should be? Because, like, when you go out in public, like when I go to a movie theater, I don't wear a sign that says I'm carrying a gun or anything because that's going to make you a, a target. I think it, people who openly carry a gun so you can protect people, you're going to be the first person picked off. They know they just need to hit you. and then. And that, so I always think it's best to conceal carry. But also, if a student who goes to the school knows, well, Mr. Uh, Smith right there, the PE coach, uh, well, he, PE coach, uh, he he carries a gun. And so I know when I come into the school, he's the first guy I need to to visit. And then I'll be able to do whatever I want after that. 
So I think there needs to be some good secrecy rules around this. If I were running the school, you can have this system in place, but try and keep it a secret who it, who it is that's carrying. Maybe make it known that teachers can carry guns that's at the what, school. Yeah, that's what I but think. But I don't about. think everyone should be just out in the open with, hey, kids, I got a gun. Do your homework. You know, something like that. Well, yeah, that, that would probably be a threat. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's I don't think that would be a good thing. That could be grounds for uh, potential, you know, mm. couple days off of work. Yeah. <laughs> I would say with pay. <laughs> At least. Yeah. Yeah. Depending but on I, your teacher's you union. You put some signs maybe in the, you know, on the front entrance of the school or <laughs> around the school, right? <laughs> you put some signs out there that says, hey, some teachers might be armed or some staff might be armed. Uh, enter this premise with um, caution. And so I, I I think it's much better than the gun-free signs. Yeah. Okay. So Sorry, I just saw some of the comments in there. Arm the students. There's another idea right there. Arm the students. Okay, on to another white pill. <laughs> what age? Now, Six, eight, 12? This, this next one is a dumb bleep wrapped in a white pill because I think it's beautiful. Okay. Here's a story from 2021 about Iraq's famed marshlands, climate change is upending the way of life. And I found several articles about climate change causing this massive drought um, in Iraq. And then we also find here, I believe this is on Good News Network and a lot of other people covering it, that the Iraqi drought has revealed a stunning 3,400-year-old city that was covered by the Tigris River. That's weird. Let's read a little bit into this. A little bit of this comes from Bloomberg also. Receding waters during an extreme drought revealed a 3,400-year-old city along the Tigris River. Iraq has been experiencing climate change-induced drought for months. Archaeologists are rushing to preserve artifacts exposed or destroyed by climate change. A severe drought brought on by climate change revealed an ancient bronze city in Iraq and gave archaeologists a chance to map it, the researchers announced on Monday. So I know what you're thinking, Charlie. Why didn't the Iraqis 3,400 years ago vote for Democrats? <laughs> That's that this city was ravaged by climate change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I yeah. want to know. Yeah. So you're, t- you're telling me that it was hotter 3,400 years ago. I'm just saying that the water level and there the was water. low enough that there was a city. Mm. And now climate change has revealed this city that's 3,400 years that old. That was under the water. Yes. And now it's, and now we can see it, but it was covered up. Okay, I just, you know, to me, this is a really great time for a dumb bleep wrapped in a white pill. Uh, the obvious point here being, huh, it's almost like the climate's always changing, and I'm not sure that it was the overuse of fossil fuels in, in that time. That led to this ancient city's yeah. destruction. <clears throat> I'm not saying the climate's not changing. I'm not saying it's a good, totally fine to put all the CO2 into the atmosphere that you possibly could ever do it. You're not even saying that humans might contribute I'm not. to climate change. I'm not. I'm just saying that we can't look at this, say this is, look at this, and say, look at that, look at this, and then say this is the only cause of this problem, and the only solution to this problem is that we give the government more money and that they're going to be able to solve the problem. That's a really ridiculous idea. And... So to piggyback off of this... Are you saying that we're not going to die in like nine years? Well, we might. Some of us could die sooner than that. By a climate catastrophe. Oh. It would wipe out human race as we know it. My prediction is no. Okay. 
And one of the things, these are really combined because I didn't really do an article that's involved I, with this one. That's what I was <laughs> saying, Jeff. Jeff said, Iraq 3,400 years ago had coal plants and high-capacity magazines. <laughs> that's what it was. And that's what led to the Tigris River rising mm-hmm. and destroying it. And it was God smiting the Iraqis They would have been raising able, the water levels, and they didn't have Noah to build an ark. And they would have been able to fix it if it weren't for all of the super PACs that were donating to people that were just in the in the pocket of the of the big oil companies what you can't see in these ruins are all the private plane parts Mm -hmm. that were flying around this area um and then got covered up by the by the river i think the river disintegrated any remnants of the fossil fuel activity that this city obviously was participating in because that's the only thing that could explain why the water levels rose and wiped out this city and we haven't seen it for 3400 years that is a perfect explanation if i've ever heard one mm-hmm. i'm i'm pulling up this thing because i'm really mad this uh this or picture or as, here josiah says ancient cow farts <laughs> that's and maybe it was maybe just too many cows too many cows you know? in the city they it's were a big problem they were too rich that was it okay let's go through this next one real fast that was just to connect to here's the thing with climate change all right um, there are probably some things we could do that would be better. And if there are things we could do that would be better and cleaner and better for the environment and they would be more efficient and they would actually allow us to grow as a society even faster in a more efficient way, cheaper, putting our, cheaper, putting our resources towards the most efficient uses. If that happens to be solar panels or wind turbines or nuclear or hydroelectric or whatever it is, I don't care what kind of energy generation it is that we're using. Don't care. I want it to be the most efficient use of resources that we could possibly do. <clears throat> so with so that in mind, you want the best products and services. Absolutely. For the cheapest price possible. Here's a, this is a cool thing that happens when uh, human beings find themselves in a in a bad situation or a potentially bad situation or there's a problem that needs solved so we have these wind turbines and i think it's pretty the wind farms i think they look pretty cool those turbines are they're big except for when they kill endangered birds i that's one of the main main problems is they hate birds of course and of course the wind doesn't always blow and there's other problems too like all of the materials that have to go into making those wind turbines all the maintenance that has to go into them uh, they last, they're, they're built to last like 20 years. They actually find that most of them end up breaking down between two and 11 years. And, and so they're not exactly the most efficient use of resources. And a lot of the numbers that we see on them, well, they're excluding the resources that went into making the wind turbines. And then the price for using them is often including the subsidies and whatever the subsidized price of that is. So I think wind turbines are, are, cool but if we can make them better then that would be cool too so from good news network again sustainable could actually make them viable yeah yeah in the market instead of something that looks like you care about the environment but actually might have a worse environmental worse environmental impact Mm. than just using you know coal or whatever sustainable wind turbine towers are being made out of eco-friendly wood wood Hmm. How about how about that? In Sweden, new methods for joining together lumber is opening the door to a variety of construction projects long since closed off to wood. 
most recently, wind turbines. 330-foot prototype wooden, wooden wind turbines being made in the land of wooden innovation, Sweden. To reduce the substantial carbon footprint of manufacturing a wind turbine from steel. Oh, they're admitting that there's a massive carbon footprint of manufacturing these things so out of steel. So if you're wondering how this works, laminated veneer lumber is a wood construction product that is made by bonding three millimeter sheets of peeled spruce under intense heat. How do they make the heat? And pressure to create flexible timber material stronger than steel, but lighter and less carbon intensive. Now, this is probably what most people have on their floors now, right? Yes. Okay. It's what our houses are made out of. Mm-hmm. Heavy curved slabs of LVL are made and shipped to the build site, where they are then glued together to form the tall cylinder onto which the spinning blades will be mounted. Wood can reduce the CO2 emissions in creating a tower by 90%. 90%. So a wooden wind turbine would reduce the CO2 emissions for creating the tower by 90%. Now that would erase a lot of the arguments that people make against wind turbines because they take so much steel to produce and they they break down a lot. Now what happens when you come too close to one of these things with a match? I don't know how much lacquer they're going to put on that freaking Mm. thing, but it might just go, go right up, you know? So they say wood has a higher specific strength, which enables a lighter construction High steel towers need extra enforcement to carry their own weight, their own weight, which wooden towers don't need. And finally, modular steel towers demand a vast number of bolts. This is going to kill the bolt industry that need regular inspections while our modular wooden towers are joined together with glue. So invest in horses, which so you can get glue from this. I don't think they still get glue from horses, but that's not where Elmer gets it from. They probably used to look it up. This is why it's so important in school kids when you play with glue. Yeah. You figure out what it's made for. <laughs> anyway, so the cool part of it, here's the white pill about this, because I know us libertarians, we don't care about any of this crap, all right? We just like our steel made from coal and dirt, and we want to breathe as much of that smoke up into the atmosphere as we possibly can, man. I don't care. Screw those environmentalists. But hey, what if this is better? What if you can produce electricity with it? What if it's a better alternative to the steel towers that people are making right now? And what if they ended up being cheaper and actually better for the environment? If we're going to put all this money towards all of these wind turbines, uh, what if we put them towards ones that could potentially do something? You know, I, I don't know. I just think that's a good idea. Yeah, I would, and I would, I would like governments to stay out of it. Yeah, I would. I would, I would too. Be nice if the free market was like, hey, you got this idea. <clears throat> And then you try it out and see if it's actually viable and something that people will gravitate towards because it's a better, cheaper Well, and that's what's happening here. This company is making these things. And it's such a cool part about the market is that the market finds a way. And a bad part of this market was that the steel turbines are not actually good for the environment. And so they're finding a way to make them from something where there could be a net positive for the environment. And now just depends on whether or not big wind turbine is going to allow the government officials to put any money towards it. And when <clears> you <throat> switch over to wind, are they going to price gouge you? I'm sure they will. Because yeah, they're the ones who set the prices. <sighs> All right. Up next from Good News Network. Um, this is a this is just this so one is heartwarming. it warms your heart mm-hmm. and it's volun- volunteer volunteerism. Mm-hmm. This is how it should be, folks. Because we believe in people helping people. It's a powerful thing. Women, I'm sorry, woman, just one. <laughs> one woman 
about to be evicted, was saved by neighbors who bought the home for her. That's so cool. After being threatened with eviction, a retiree was able to buy the house she had rented for two decades after a quarter million dollars was raised by the community on her behalf. After arriving in the area 19 years ago as a volunteer to help the homeless and needy, she began renting a small house on 10th Avenue and East 36th Street in the Powderhorn Park District. Where is this at? Uh, I don't remember. <clears throat> uh, I don't know either. Let me pull it up. Uh, there, the 70-year-old retiree became a bright star of the neighborhood. It seemed, though, that the bright star would be severely darkened, perhaps permanently, when her landlord decided to sell the property and gave her until the end of January to evict. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. The land of destruction. (laughs) (laughs) There was no one-size-fits-all approach to the fundraising efforts. Inflation is at a 40-year high, driven by previous monetary inflation reaching broader sectors of the economy, while gas just crossed the national average of $5 a gallon. Yet even in such difficult times, folks were able to open heart, mind, and wallet to make the project a reality. It involved an art show, bake sale, pro bono work by real estate agents, countless small donations and other community fund drives to come up with the dough, which they did a full month ahead of the June 30th deadline. Yesterday... Quote, yesterday I went and did the closing for the house, Taylor said. It makes me feel so good. Everything that I have given, it's coming back to me, and I want to continue to give. I love this neighborhood. Now, we didn't need no government come in here and tell the landlord that he can't evict when he decided to sell his house and all that kind of stuff, or she, whatever. Landlords can be she's too, okay, or they's. They can be whatever they want. Okay, we didn't need <laughs> we didn't need the government coming in here and it's fixing so this hard. whole situation to help this old retiree. It's so hard for a libertarian to tell the story. <laughs> it is, you know, they have all these offshoots, yeah, all the time. What we needed was just for the community to show some love, and this is so. When we talk about life, liberty, pursuit of meaning, we talk about taking that personal responsibility to help yourself, your family, and then your community. And the, the, this is volunteerism at work at play real life story and what an awesome story for this neighborhood mm-hmm. that they, the person who has given so much that they could give a little bit back to her and now she has a home bought and paid for by the community even amongst like they didn't even mention taxes in here they <laughs> mentioned inflation and the price of all the other stuff but even these people are getting fleeced for taxes too mm-hmm. okay especially in minneapolis i bet and they all came together and bought this house for her. And just what a what a great story. It's the way it should be. My heart is warmed. How about that? Mm. Well, I have an update on a story that we did a couple weeks ago for Dumb Bleep of the Week. Charlie was on vacation. And we discussed the story of Happy the Elephant and whether or not Happy was, in fact, legally a person, which is a uh, ridiculous question uh, to ask. Unless you've read any Dr. Seuss, mm-hmm. important here's a who. Okay. Because okay? a person is a person, no matter how small or big. Or big. In this case. And, and Dr. Seuss, I believe the elephant in Horton Here's a Who was a person. Maybe that's where they're getting this from. That could be the problem here. Maybe they read too much Dr. Seuss. <laughs> so from the New York Times, happy the elephant isn't legally a person. A, the top New York court rules. An Asian 
elephant. It's an elephant. Is, yeah. Is yeah. What they ruled, I think. <laughs> an Asian elephant named Happy that's been at the Bronx Zoo for Bronx Zoo for more than forty years will remain there imprisoned after New York's highest court ruled on Tuesday that she is not a person in a legal sense and therefore not entitled to a fundamental human right. Now, the court could only rule that she's not a person in a legal sense, but I also throw out there that she's not a person in, in any any sense. Not biology of the matter. or, it's yeah. Literally an elephant. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's, in the, it's in the name. It looks like an elephant. It weighs as much as an elephant. It eats like an elephant. Sleeps like an elephant. Smells like an elephant. Defecates as an elephant. That's an elephant. Could be a person. <laughs> Who knows? By you know, I mean, two of the court <laughs> by a five to two vote. Yes, that means two people on the court of appeals ruled <laughs> that this elephant did have rights as a person. By a five to two vote, the court of appeals rejected an animal advocacy organization's argument that Happy was being illegally detained at the zoo and should be transferred to a more natural environment. Now, I will say. The reason why this is a white pill, it's not because I'm happy the elephant has to stay at the zoo. Okay. As we discussed previously, I don't particularly like zoos all that much. Um, but they're fun to take kids to. Yeah. 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 I, I do find this as a white pill because uh, reason and logic prevailed in the court system over this years long court battle over whether or not. Uh, an animal called an elephant was a person and reason and logic did in fact prevail even in New York, mm. which is amazing. The dispute hinged on whether the cornerstone legal principle of habeas corpus, which people assert to protect their bodily liberty and to consent to, con to contest illegal confinement should be extended to autonomous, cognitively complex animals like elephants. No, the court said, while no one disputes, quote, while no one disputes the impressive capabilities of elephants, we reject the petitioner's arguments that it is entitled to seek the remedy of habeas corpus on Happy's behalf. That is correct. If Happy wants habeas corpus, then Happy needs to be present in the courtroom. And Happy needs to file. Yes. <laughs> Happy has got to sign the dotted line on the habeas corpus petition. Uh, the chief judge wrote, habeas corpus is a procedural vehicle intended to secure the liberty rights of human beings who are unlawfully restrained, not non-human animals. You know, maybe we'll get to this someday, but let's use up our habeas corpus petitions for all the other people who are illegally imprisoned uh, right now. No, happy's more important. <laughs> but never, mind, a, never mind the detainees in Guantanamo Bay. But in a lengthy dissent, there was a dissent. Judge Rowan D. Wilson said the court had the duty to, quote, recognize Happy's right to petition for her liberty, not just because she's a wild animal who is not meant to be caged and displayed, but because the rights we confer on others define who we are as a society, unless they were at the protest on January 6th, <laughs> in which case I could remain in the zoo. Mm. Judge Ginny Rivera, they didn't say that last part, by the way. I should have ended, quote. I hate it, by the way, when people say, quote, unquote, and then they say the quote. Mm. Like, if you were to type that out, it would be two quotation marks and then just a sentence. I'm like, where does the quote end? You told me where it begins. It's, it's in the natural vernacular. I just hate it when, like, quote, unquote, 
Well, that's nothing. There's nothing between the quotes then. That's mm, all your own words. Yeah. Anyway. We're talking about Abby here. In 2005, she passed a mirror self-recognition test, touching an X marked on her head with her trunk while looking in a mirror. The first elephant to show such a de- degree of self-awareness. Only human infants, apes, and dolphins had done it before and soon to be determined whether or not Joe Biden could in fact pass this test as well. I still want to know before the next election whether or not he would know to touch the X on his forehead. Mm. Okay, so that's that story. Reason, logic prevailed in the court system. The elephant is an elephant, no matter how sad. And it's not an argument that elephants should be caged in zoos. That's not what we're saying here. Like, they are beautiful, intelligent animals. Yeah. Beasts. Just gentle giants, for the most part. Have you seen the videos where they, like, get reunited with one of their Mm -hmm. former friends that they had that they hadn't seen in years mm-hmm. it's sad it really is. is sad it's heartwarming too though it's soul crushing to me mm-hmm. to think about them being locked up uh anyway i'm glad this one's going to remain in the zoo <laughs> <laughs> okay hey do this elon musk one real quick though uh, okay. i know it's not next in the notes but hey this is kind of is this a white pill we're not republicans but i don't know i i feel like maybe more logic and reasoning is maybe Trying is working its way to the top. Um, from The Guardian, Elon Musk suggests he may vote for Republican Ron DeSantis in 2024 if he runs. The tech billionaire Elon Musk said on Wednesday that he would possibly vote for Florida's Republican governor Ron DeSantis if he were to run in the 2024 U.S. presidential election. The billionaire tech mogul's expression of support for DeSantis, albeit vague, was among several tweets in which he discussed some of his political leanings after he recently declared himself a Republican. Musk claimed to back the successful Republican congressional candidate Myra Flores during a special election in Texas on Tuesday. I voted for Flores. First time I ever voted Republican. Massive red wave in 2022, Musk said. Then he said 69.420. He he. LOL. Quote, I assume Republican for president to an account called Tesla, Tesla owners Silicon Valley asked. Musk replied, to be determined. Prompting the follow-up, what are you leaning towards? Musk replied, DeSantis. Hmm. So what does this mean, and how could this be a white pill? My thing, the reason why I think this is is great is because, in my view, the left has gone way too far. Mm-hmm. The, the extreme left, the, the leftists are just like completely out of whack and woke. The wokeism. They've gone out of woke. Yeah. All of that has gone so crazy. And we're seeing the effects of some of the progressive policies. Now, obviously, it happened from the Republican side, too. And I'm not a fan of a lot of Republicans. And I'm not a fan of some of Ron DeSantis's things that he's done in Florida, even. Um, but for the most part, I would say DeSantis has been a a pretty clear and logical um, anti-establishment, perhaps, uh, to the wokeism that's taking place. I think he'll be a, and, a more rational and less unhinged Trump. Yeah, uh, that's true. And look, would I prefer Elon Musk to say Dave Smith or you know, or or Ron Paul, Rand Paul, or something like that? Well, yeah, of course, of course, I would. But now you have a prominent person 
who is kind of flipping the switch from this extreme left path that we've been on, especially for um, the people in the tech space um, and somebody who has a lot of influence who may buy Twitter, right? That will allow some of these opinions from a, a conservative or a libertarian uh, leaning space to be shared. I think don't forget when I mentioned this the other day to somebody I was talking to um, is Facebook, which was paying us a decent amount of money every single month, uh, demonetized us in October of 2021. 2020. Was it 2020? Oh, wait, where are we now? 21. Yeah, You're right. 2021. Yeah. Um, and we've appealed that and we were, we had some videos go viral on Facebook and we were making some decent money um, and they completely shut us down. And that like really pisses me off, but it's not worth it to comply with their wokeism to get paid because I'd rather sleep at night comfortably knowing I told Nate yesterday, I'm like, man, these people on the left are selling ice to Eskimos and we're in the wrong business. Mm -hmm. But then I, then I, I thought about that more and I'm like, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night knowing that I was essentially selling my soul to the devil, right? Down in Georgia yeah, for a fiddle of gold. Now you were, um, one of the things that I take as a white pill from this is that Elon Musk is actually more on the left than on the right on most economic issues, I would say. You know, he is uh, in favor of UBI and uh, a lot of other things. Uh, but he has recognized that the left has gone way too far, that they've gone completely insane. Well, Friedman, and, Friedman was a fan of the UBI, too. So. As an alternative to the, to the system that yeah. we had uh, right then. Um, Musk, I guess, maybe as an alternative also, but he says that we have to have it because of all the technological innovations that are going to put people out of work. And um, I would like to talk to him about that, Elon, if you have time. And uh, I think it's good that he's able to look past that and just see that maybe it's best to go with someone who's going to be able to think rationally and not just destroy the entire economy. He's probably looking at his looking at his four hundred one k, and he's seen you know he's gone back down below two hundred billion now. And he's like, man, I was over three hundred billion there for a minute. I lost a hundred billion dollars since this whole thing happened. Didn't see many articles about that. But I lost a hundred billion dollars during this time. Maybe uh, maybe we shouldn't destroy the entire world's economy to pursue our moral superiority and to stop climate change from killing everyone in less than 10 years. And so I think that's good that he's able to do that. And you know the other white pill? A couple of years from now, maybe he will support Dave Smith, you know, or anyone else that there is. Maybe Spike Cohen. Maybe he'll go out there and support Spike Cohen or mm -hmm. Dave Smith because he's made it this far in the span of a couple of years seeing people go nuts. What happens when he realizes that he also... Uh, thinks the Republicans are just pushing big government policies and they're in the pockets of the oil companies and, and everyone else and all the, all the big money that are pushing them to do everything. And he realizes that they don't actually have any principles either. And he's like, you know what? The only people I can find with principles are, are the libertarians. Are the gold darn libertarians. And then we have... We've been out here preaching the truth. And, and uh, you know, this hasn't happened, but I like to daydream about it. And we have the richest man in the world come out in favor of a libertarian sometime and maybe he even donates a little bit of money chipping some money towards the campaign that could be a pretty big deal it could you know 
I mean, that would be fitting for the richest person in the world to be a, a libertarian. It, it would. Imagine the backlash. He's been very libertarian <laughs> in his own life. Yeah. You know, doing what he wants, and it's helped him out pretty well. And he's seen that the market can solve a lot of problems because he's been part of that market and solving a lot of problems. And uh, so I'm just saying, let's keep working on him, you yeah. know? And I don't know if we should do that or if we just need the left to just keep getting crazier and crazier, whichever one. I think both will okay. probably happen. <laughs> I think so. both are happening at the same time. All right, y'all. If you enjoyed today's White Pill episode, please share it with a friend, a family member, a foe, and the children. Hit that follow button and leave us a rating and review. Please, I'm begging you. Just leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Write some nice words about Nate. And if you watch the show on video, say something nice about his hair. It's looking great. You had that struggle with COVID hair. I did. And yeah. now you look at the quaff, it's back, it's full-fledged, looks incredible, and uh, say something nice about his hair. He appreciates that, and I want to read those comments, and I want to make sure Nate's ego uh, it, it continues to be boosted. I, so, I appreciate that. Uh, leave us a rating on the Spotify, and like I said, share the show. Uh, coming up right now i know you might be listening to this later but nate's about to go live here in 20 minutes for the fed, it is in 20 minutes isn't it for the Ooh. feds meeting coming up at one o'clock central time uh so we're gonna see what's gonna happen in the market uh over or under guys you can bet over or under either we're gonna maybe see a little rebound here or we could go to the bottom of the tanks where we're sucking on the air down there trying to make our way back up to the surface. Either one could happen. We don't know. But the the market, uh, if you want to learn about it, you got to go to MasterMyTrades.com just to get some basics down. If you don't even know a word yet, go to MasterMyTrades.com, and then you have the potential to see Nate's face again. Multiple We're times a day. We're working on this 24-7 yeah. coverage, and this is what's happening. A 24-7 news channel that is just me. That's just Nate. 24-7. I'll pop in every now and then Yeah. when I feel like it. <laughs> So kind of a funny idea. Go to joingml.com if you do all of those things. We'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning. Labor Day. <laughs>